0: You're listening to BSH Radio.
1: Is this true?
0: Live from the WIP
2: Studios in Philadelphia. The hockey team, the Flyers, and right here on BroadStreetHockey.com. Hey, everybody! How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of fun and games for the evening. We have a jam-packed show for you tonight. Uh, We are going to be talking nothing but Ezekiel Elliott and Conor McGregor all night long. No, I'm kidding. That's right. Wrong show. This is pretty much the only place you can come for sports talk that isn't those two things, because we are going to be talking about... Alan Iverson not showing up for a scam. Oh, no, wait. That's a different show, too.
1: Uh, I don't even know what that's about, but we've got Alien (laughs) Iverson right there.
2: Well, he was. He's better. (laughs) He 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 might have shown up. We'll probably talk about it on Wednesday, (laughs) Steph. Uh, Let me introduce you to the panel. First and foremost, I already said her name, so I'm going to introduce her first Steph Alicia's D. Steph Driver.
1: Bill. Steph, Charlie, Kelly, hi. I've decided to be really mad about the goalie situation, (laughs) and this is something that has been building for a couple months, probably ever since they extended Michael Neuvert, but then this weekend, they extended Lion and Stolarz for a year each, and I decided to get really, really mad about that. Explain. There are worse things to be mad about. I think that there are. So <laughs> it all comes back to the extension of Michael Neuvert, right? Which was bad. Which was bad. So let's let's reasonably think, okay, they needed to extend him so that they had a goalie to expose to during the expansion draft that was not Anthony Stolars. Okay, you extended him for two years for more money than he was making previously. Dumb. But because he was the goalie that you decided to re-sign, you had to bring in somebody else to be a starter. So now we've got a brand new starting goalie and his backup, Michael Neuvert. And then it's the same two guys in Lehigh Valley, which isn't a bad thing. But all of their contract lengths are the same. So it's two years for the two NHL goalies, Two year, one year for the two AHL goalie, so it's creating a tandem by contract and I think it's weird and I don't like it.
0: I just don't know what they're going to do after this season.
1: I don't think they do either!
0: Because the I think the implicit assumption is that one of Lyon or Stolar's as long as they don't totally fall flat on their faces in this year that they're going to be ready to be an nhl backup but there's no room for an nhl backup because they have been Funny over an elliot worked out. so what happens do the flyers just Trade. Deal with deal with it? Do they trade away both? Do they trade one of Elliot and Neuvert, move the winner of the Lions Stolars battle up? Like what happens that's
1: that's got to be what they're thinking, yeah. or or at least wave one of them? Probably Neuvert is my guess. A- and I, I have no I have no I have no idea. Like it, I literally don't know.
0: It does strike me that this the way they addressed the goalie situation this off season was the epitome of just kicking the can down the road. and yeah. that and that's weird to me because I don't know. I don't even know if they have a plan. Maybe their plan is just, well, we'll wait and see and see how the chips fall, which I guess it makes sense, but it is kind of leaving you in a position where this could end up quite strange at the end of the season. I was
3: going to say, do you think it's because they're not really married to either one of these AHL goaltenders? Yeah. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't think
0: they're married to anybody. Well, yeah. But like at some point, they're going to have to make some choices here. That's and we'll
2: get into Hart and Sandstrom a bit when we talk uh, final thoughts on development camp, but that's the thing is those are the two guys you're looking at, yep. Hart and Sandstrom as the potential guys you're gonna hit your wagon to.
3: Everybody else is the player. Stolarz just didn't He's not while, the guy.
2: He just didn't make the kind of stride you, he was expected to after a season in which he made the AHL All Star team. He didn't take that next step. They don't really look at him as a starter, I guess, is the thinking. Alex Lyon is Kind of in the same boat. He didn't really, He wasn't overly impressive last year. So they're just kind of waiting to see what happens. They so don't want to make give, a dumb investment.
1: I give Lyon a little bit more flexibility in that this was his first year pro. First year in the AHL. Anthony Stolarz has had three years pro. Three years with the Phantoms. At some point, he's got to stand out. At some point, he's got to take the role by the reins. And he's just not doing that.
2: 2015-16, he was very good.
1: He was good. He, he was a was,
3: good AHL goaltender. Yeah. And he was, what was good his his in percentage? three, three games. It nine, dropped nine, at the end one, of the year. Well,
0: I think what happened with him is that every, after he came back from the NHL, he didn't play all that well. Yeah. But like I guess that can happen, especially after you play pretty well in the NHL. Then you just say, well, like okay, I've proven this. I've, I've done it here. I don't know. Who who knows? I like, mean,
1: I, I, don't, I don't want to say that I'm totally down on the guy, just because he did look good in the very, very short stint that he was in the NHL. But then he goes back to the AHL and it's average.
2: This is all going to get worked out at the trade deadline when Neuvert is traded to Vegas. <laughs> yes, it's back. <laughs> I'm just never That's leaving. All, That's all I got to say.
1: Oh, Jesus. You know, <laughs> at this point, like, I really hope that that happens. So do <laughs> I,
3: actually. Like, fine. We, we, we already won the it, bet. All right. so. The level of your insufferability will just be, like, delicious. I don't know he's if he's going to end up in myself. Vegas at
2: some point in his career, and I'll be
3: right.
1: Yep. Um. So, twenty fifteen <laughs> sixteen, he was 9-1-6. 2016, 9-2-8. Uh, wait, like no, no, like nine one six. Twenty sixteen seventeen, nine two eight. Wait, no, no, no. Nine nine two eight was with the Flyers. Sorry, yeah. that was seven games. So, uh, twenty sixteen seventeen, nine one one. I mean, it's all. It's all. I just feel like he's Steve Mason. He's like a solid. A- he's an good HL goaltender. Mason. Like he'll he'll probably be a middle of the road.
3: NHL goaltender, which is fine.
2: Yeah, he might be like a and, 1A kind of tandem guy, which we, is what I think uh, they look at him as. We I, might uh, be
3: super pumped about that, given that we developed him, except for the fact that we stumbled onto Carter Hart and Felix Sandstrom. So now it's like, eh, all right, Anthony.
1: Thank you. I, I've seen it. I don't think Carter Hart was a stumble. I think Carter well, Hart was, was definitely intentional.
0: Yeah, he was the best goalie in that draft, and they, yeah. and they, they
1: took him. Yeah, They, they took him... But, first but he was taken. there. Yeah. But he
0: was there with their
2: second pick in the second round and he's right. the best goalie in the draft. Like, like, yeah. yeah, you never know with goalies. Yeah, teams it's, teams it's don't
0: it's like to take shoot. goalies in the first yeah. round unless they're like almost sure things and even then they're they're iffy on it.
2: The fly by herself, Kelly Hankel.
3: So, um I noted to Charlie before we started the show that my hot takes this summer of just turning into things that annoy me on Twitter, so I'm just going to go with it. Um, This week on Twitter, the thing that annoyed me most was some random beat writer in Pittsburgh deciding that he was going to start a... Pittsburgh is going to trade Phil Kessel because apparently Rick Tockett is the only person on Earth who can handle Phil Kessel's unbelievably (laughs) diva-like personality.
0: The Kessel whisperer.
3: But I've kind of had enough of... Bored beat writers just making up these locker room cancer narratives. And if you take a second to think about who are the locker room cancers, they fall into kind of two categories for me. They're either guys like uh, P.K. Subban who fall outside of the boring, white bread, John Tavares, Sidney Crosby, give rote answers like we taught you at Canadian Juniors. There's those guys. And if you fall outside of that, you're a locker room problem. And then you have the guys who don't give good quotes to the beat writers who aren't personable to the media who might be a little awkward or weird or maybe they're just you know they don't want to talk to you and so then they become locker room cancers and it's just lazy and boring Mm. and if you think for a second that Pittsburgh is going to trade Phil Kessel I think you're out of your mind
1: well the media got Toronto to trade Phil Kessel but I feel like the Toronto media
3: is like in out of control but also that team
2: was a failure and they were going to rebuild also that because they decided let's build around a scoring winger and a second pair defenseman oh it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) i'm shocked (laughs) you're telling me we have no first line centers and we can't win
0: they they had tyler bozak Dion
3: on is our number one defenseman (laughs) and we can't win i'm shocked you can build (sighs) a team around Naz and (laughs) cadry
0: You can't, I, uh, Kelly. I, I totally agree. I so many of these locker room cancer things that pop up in the media, particularly a guy like that who I think, if I remember correctly, isn't he more of like a radio guy than an actual beat writer? Is he? In
3: Pittsburgh? I don't know. I, I just think. read an article. Who what, do we know? I, his I think name? he's kind of like a hot, know,
0: he's kind of like Come a notorious blast. hot takist in Pittsburgh. Oh, is he? And it just sort of strikes me as that being he's going to get traded because I don't like interviewing him. And
2: Pretty much. It's yeah, just annoying. Yeah. I will say though. Mm. I will say some of the locker... Like, P.K. Subban is just an entertaining guy, but when he does fall outside that realm of what you're supposed to be, and for everyone listening, I've used air quotes there, supposed to be. um, When you're not one of those, and then your team starts to struggle like they did without Carey Price in, in Montreal, the locker room could just turn on one of those guys, and while he may not be doing anything... Bad, like PK Subban isn't a bad guy, but when all of a sudden players start being like, oh, he's just all about himself. Isn't See, I'm it? willing. To, then it's like a it's like a self fulfilling prophecy.
3: I'm willing to bet his teammates had no problem with him in Montreal, but the coaching staff probably did, and the front office probably did because you're not supposed to be having fun when your team is playing. Like but Kessel,
2: shit. we've heard this stuff about Kessel. It's just. The media doesn't like him. I mean, you can they see when like he him. gives
3: an, inter- an interview, he's like an awkward, weird dude. He shouldn't be in front of a camera. It's like not the place for him. And because he's really good at hockey, they keep sticking a
1: camera in his face and he
3: doesn't know what to do with himself. That's, hockey well, players think, are so normal.
1: Well, well they're re- super awkward. Um, but I think that, I mean, locker room cancers are... A thing. I mean, let's look at another example of someone who doesn't necessarily follow the book of what a hockey player should be. And let's look at a Vander Kane. I think that he's a really good example of someone who probably is a locker room cancer and was labeled as No, such. yeah. When,
2: when like, the leaders of the team throw your bag in the shower, that's a, that's
1: a, it's a probably, it's probably, they don't like you very I much. I love
2: that stuff. I love hazing. I find it hilarious. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so,
1: well, I mean,
3: if you're committing actual, actual crimes, as as not violent, yeah. <laughs> maybe, you know, we can label like, you a locker room a, a cancer,
2: get, but... a, a get your shit together kind of hazing. I love that stuff.
1: Um, That's get off my team as quickly as <laughs> yeah. possible. Oh, yeah. And we hate you. And yeah. we're not going to invite you to a team dinner type that's of all stuff.
2: Team dinner. I mean. uh, the Any man who? with the observations, Charlie O'Connor. I think I got observations out properly this time. Yeah, I usually the, the, stand, the pronunciation right was standard. solid. Yeah. Well done. Oh, Charlie O'Connor.
0: O'Connor. So I'm there, I'm certainly not saying the Flyers should be the ones to sign this guy. But can <laughs> someone please explain to me why the hell Yarmar Yager hasn't been signed by anyone? It's amazing. He's no. still good at hockey. Like, I get that he's old. He is old. He is not the type of guy who you necessarily want playing on the top line for 15, 16 minutes at even strength of game. You probably want to limit his minutes. But... He's still a good player. He's still a fun player. And he's still a guy who you could easily add to, like, a Calgary, who is a team that isn't quite there but could use a couple more weapons to maybe take that next step into maybe contention. He seems like the perfect guy for a team like that. Why is he still out there? I don't understand it. That's when I see uh, when I
2: see Sam Gagne uh, score, like, 50 points. At, in 13 minutes a game last year, 12 minutes a game, whatever he was getting, that's what I see in Yager. I think, all right, like just use him on the power play, throw him on the fourth line, save his legs. He'll
0: give you, he'll he'll set guys up. Or, or like put, that's or, what'll happen. Or put him on the second line, but let him take some shifts off. Yeah, like have a third liner jump up for four shifts a game and let Yager sit on the bench and catch his breath. Like he's still useful, and if if a team is scared away by his age and isn't looking at the fact that this guy was still pretty darn good last year, then I don't understand how general managers can be that blind when guys like Dan Girardi are getting signed on July 1st <laughs> and they're finished. Like he literally cannot play hockey at an NHL level RJ anymore. Jay
1: Umberger got an yeah, invite. He got an invite L- and wh- Yagra's still sitting
0: out there. That's what? I wonder I just wonder what kind of money is.
1: That's Yager's that was gonna be my for. question. Like he yeah. may be asking for a lot more. I don't know like, how he's not in Vegas. If
3: he, doesn't he have like a gambling? Yeah, thing? Yeah, he
1: likes he likes so,
3: to be near the casino. Yeah, maybe maybe they, maybe they don't want him. Yeah.
0: There.
2: <laughs> maybe that's
3: like a problem. Maybe
2: that's why he's forty five and still playing. Like, well, I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, he's forty five
1: and still playing because maybe Vegas yeah.
2: isn't the best possible location sure. for him.
1: Let's, let's, I not, would, let's not talk shit about Yarmir. Yager, I love him. Please. I want to I don't. Yarmir. I
2: don't want to see a league without the guy. I was looking no. at. I was looking at some of the free agents today. I was like. Man, Jerome Aginla, like Shane Doan, it's going to be a league without those guys this year, and that's strange. Like they've been around a long time. But the
0: difference between Yager and those two guys, is he that, can still like, play. like I, I like Againla. Againla's yeah. in my mind one of my like favorite kind of underrated players of the last fifteen years. He can't skate anymore. No, like no. he's he's done. He cannot. Maybe you give him a tryout contract. See what you see what he has. out, See what he has in uh, in camp. Yager can still play at a high level. He can still play top six minutes. Maybe less of them than he could three years ago. He can still play the minutes. So, somebody just take a, you know, give him a one year, $2 million deal and reap
3: the rewards. Ron, get
1: yeah, Ron on the phone. Before no, the lockout, no, 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 before
3: no. the
2: lockout, when it was, uh, people thought Yager might be back with the Flyers that's that, that season, I thought if I'm the GM, I'm telling Yager, two and a half mil, we'll see after the All Star break. <laughs> Don't even just keep yourself in okay shape. We'll bring in for the stretch run. That's it. Well, I remember when, yeah. when LTIR the, first when the Flyers the season.
0: didn't re-sign him. Like, granted, part of it was because they went totally insane that offseason. They told him yeah, they, they, they told him to wait, and then he just up and left because he didn't want to wait anymore. Because Holmgren was like slowly but surely losing his mind over that 14 day period that culminated with the Shea Weber offer sheet. But <laughs> <laughs> such a great week. But remember that week. If. Uh, if you remember, one of the reasons why they were supposedly hesitant to do so is they thought, oh, well, he got worse at the end of the year, so he's almost done. Maybe he only has one, one year left. And what, has he played like five years since? He does wear down. He definitely he does, wears down. he's 45 but, years
2: yeah. old. Of course he does. That's why my whole thing would be, see, after the All-Star break. <laughs> Come on in, bring you in for the stretch run. It'll be the best addition anyone makes. That's a great move. Uh... I just want to talk, uh, Charlie. You did the Facebook Q and A on uh, Saturday morning. You did a very good job. Well, thank uh, you, Bill. You're welcome. Uh, you rightly didn't want to speculate on what someone asked about Cote's uh, "screwed with politics" comment. He said Jordan Wheel, the year the Flyers traded for him, was screwed with politics. Uh, I will speculate on it because it could mean a it could mean a couple of things. Like he said. He could easily mean, like, out of an ex-player's mouth, uh, the situation he was traded into, Jordan Wheel. uh, He was just simply saying, like, uh, Wheels, uh, the situation he was traded into was just out of Wheel's hands. And those were the politics. He hadn't played a ton, and then they couldn't put him through waivers, so it was just an issue that he personally couldn't control. Uh, And he said something a little inflammatory to emphasize how stupid he thought the situation was because, you know, he could have meant Jordan Wheel was screwed with politics and that
1: it was the NHL. Chris Vandevelde's the-
2: playing and Jordan Wheel is clearly better than him. Could
1: have he, meant that it
2: too. could have very well meant that. Uh but he you know, they didn't want to put him through waivers. They didn't want to they he just didn't fit in as they saw it. So it could have meant something different than what it was like interpreted as when you just like read the headline Riley Cote says, Jordan Wheel screwed with politics. And people are just like, you know, making a bigger deal out of it than it might
0: have been. It's a quote worth pointing oh, out, though. A- it absolutely it, is. It's, that's not the kind of quote that you throw around lightly. No, which no. Which does lead me to believe that there was something going on. The reason why I didn't want to speculate in the Q&A is because I just don't know what that is. Like, there's so many possibilities that could be screwed by politics yeah. could, could describe that that like I don't want to go out and you know say it was Hextall versus Haxtall or Haxtall versus the front office or like wheel versus the coach like I just I don't know so like it could be could have been a lot of things it's strange to me, but as you pointed out on last week's show, it clearly wasn't bad enough that he wasn't willing to come back.
2: And he came back, he re-signed June 29th. He didn't even get to July 1st. He wanted on his little tour to see what was out there, and he still thought, even though he was quote-unquote screwed with politics, this was the best situation for him. So, like, and it's a great quote, and I'm so glad he said it, and it got his clicks all week, and <laughs> it's definitely worth pointing out, but it could have meant several different yeah. things than the obvious way it was interpreted
1: okay yeah and, and it could have it could have been not just about the team but it could have also been about the league because the league is the one that sets the waiver rules and they're pretty stupid <laughs> they're a little <laughs> stupid <laughs> they're, they, they they're, can they're, be uh, pretty a, stupid a bit
0: annoying at times. Yeah. yeah and so it
1: could just be this is a guy that's not playing not playing we want to send him down so we get some ice time we just got him yeah and you can't do that like that's stupid and the, stupid.
2: the idea and on your point just that he was screwed with yeah not being able to play and that kind of stuff so it could it could be any number of things News since we last joined you. There's a lot of news. Lots of a fans. lot of little, a lot of, they, they basically finished their offseason. Yeah. Their offseason is pretty much done. Uh, first and foremost, Nolan Patrick, entry-level contract signed, got the same deal as Nico Share. Uh
1: Good. Which Good is, stuff. Which is what the the max Yeah. 925 yeah. yeah.
2: is mm-hmm. that what it was? And then a lot With of bonuses. bonuses yeah, yeah, all the all the A and B bonuses and stuff. Uh this is uh this is the best question Charlie. You put it in the outline. If he's healthy, he's making the team, right?
1: What can we actually can Charlie, can you explain the bonuses? Because that's not a thing that I really understand. No one knows what they are, right?
0: Okay, I don't. I see, I, I don't even want to start with that because, okay. like, to be quite honest with you, the only way I totally understand it is if, is if I'm staring at it. Okay, and like no, breaking that's it fine. down. It's basically that the team agrees to certain thresholds out of a certain amount of possible, like goals scored, games played, things like that. They agree to which thresholds they're going to choose uh, for the like the latter set of bonuses, and then he has to hit those bonuses to get it. Um, I believe the A bonuses, and again, this is me not looking at the the CBA. Uh, Cause I, I put I you have, on the spot. Yeah, I don't. That, I, don't I, I don't have this stuff memorized because it's all legalese and stuff. But I believe the first set of bonuses is pretty much this like standard. Everyone has the same. I think A bonuses, and then the B bonuses are different. The team that can like sense. pick and choose which ones they want him to hit, and that's how he gets the thing. But really, what it comes down to, for the most part, is just how many of them they're going to give, and. Guys that are first, second overall tend to get pretty much all of them in terms of like they have the possibility to make them. It and looks like usually they're not so out of the realm of possibility that if a guy has a good rookie year, he generally hits them all.
2: It looks like he could earn up to two point eight five with the uh, different bonuses and stuff. So good deal for him. He makes the team, right? As long as yeah. he's as long as he's good to go. If he plays in all the if he plays in all of the preseason games. Doesn't re-injure himself. Looks like he's 100%. Looks like he can skate at this level. You got him second overall. There's absolutely no reason to hold him back.
1: So, hi guys. (laughs) (laughs) I I tend to think Hextall is more conservative than he actually is. Um, Last year I didn't think that Provorov or Konechny were going to make the team. Um, I thought if out of the two of them one was going to, it was going to be Provorov. I didn't think that it would be Konechny. Turns out I was wrong about both, which is good. Um, so where I come from with Nolan Patrick is maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to spend one full healthy season back in, in juniors because he's been injured pretty Regularly, like maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for him to get a full season without getting crushed by garbage can Tom Wilson after his double hernia surgery. That being said, somebody mentioned this in one of the comments today. Broad Street Hockey. I definitely want him with the Flyers medical staff after Brandon fucked up those hernia, the hernia situation. That's a fair like, point, I and that's something I don't th- trust them. I would rather him with the Flyers medical staff. That's
2: something we got into how uh, the place he got his surgery. Jim McCrossin is the head trainer there, yep. and it's it's a whole uh, yeah. If anyone knows how to treat this stuff, I want him here. This yeah. is where I want him. I'm done with that. I'm done with that Canadian redneck league up there. Where they're just sewing guys back together with a sewing kit or something. I I, I want him here.
1: While while they're on a bus. Yeah. While while everything's moving. (laughs) Going
2: over the bumps.
1: I mean, I don't disagree with what you're
3: saying. I mean, obviously, it would probably be good for him not to be taking a ton of hard hits and stuff like that. However, it's tough for me to look at the Flyers roster and imagine that he's not one of the 12 best forwards. Absolutely. That's if...
2: Looking at their roster, I'm gonna be so bummed if he's not but, on it.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> it's impossible for me to imagine that he's not one of the six best forwards yeah, on the roster. And it's like, if he is, which he's probably going to be, how do you justify sending him back? You, yeah.
0: Yeah. The way I look at it is, guys that are drafted first and second overall, they just rarely don't make their teams. And I, I went back through; I looked at the the last nine drafts, and since 2008. Only two of the 18 top two picks from those nine drafts didn't play a full season in the NHL in their, the year after their draft, and that was Sam Reinhardt, who did get the nine-game thing, but has said that he doesn't believe in that. He's anti that He believes that if you make the team, he doesn't want you looking over your shoulder for those nine games and being scared to make a mistake, or you're going to get sent back. It's like, if you make the team, you're on the team, and just play. Just play your game. I, I totally respect that mentality. So it's Reinhardt and Ryan Murray, and Ryan Murray was like one of the only bust second overall picks in recent history. He was drafted by Columbus. He's like a passable third-pair defenseman, but nothing special. Aside from them, every single other first and second overall pick made their team and played a full year. And that's not to say they all panned out the way the team hoped. You know, Neil Yakupov was one of those picks. and
2: But he did have 17 goals in a lockout-shortened season. True. Like, he had a good
0: rookie year. Yeah, I mean, he's got skill. It's yeah. other things that apparently teams don't like about he, him. He just doesn't like playing. But, at the same time, I don't think that Nolan Patrick falls into the bucket of guys who you feel like need more seasoning. I think he's big enough. I think he's strong enough. I think he showed not last year, because obviously that was injury ravage, but the year before that when he played in uh, 70 regular season games, 30 games in the playoffs and Memorial Cup and scored like over 120 points across playoffs and, and regular season that like he can do it and he can succeed in that league. If he goes back to juniors, he's going to kill it as long as he stays healthy. He's going to absolutely dominate. And if he doesn't, I'll be concerned. But I, I just... I find it highly unlikely he goes back. I, I've always said I thought it was more likely he sure was going to go back, and I didn't think he was going to go back. I, I didn't. To me, Patrick, like, yeah, there's injury concerns, but he's just really good. You kind of have to keep him. And right? a
2: guy to me, a guy with injury concerns like Nolan Patrick has, I don't want to. I don't want to waste the miles he has left. Like, I he's eighteen. Like miles he has left. I don't want to waste bumps on juniors like that's just a waste of time to me yeah he's like, gonna get hit there Yeah, too. him going back there that's him risking injury playing you know hockey against in games that don't matter they mm-hmm. are games that do not matter at all to his career overall they matter to the coaches there and to the guys who are really never going to pan out past that level but they don't matter and I, i'm good on that
0: and what you do have to remember with patrick too and this was, I think, something that maybe pushed him down teams' draft stock boards like a little bit. Is that he's old for his draft year? Yes. So we're not talking about a guy who is a young player for his draft. Like he'll be nineteen when the season starts. Yeah. He will turn nineteen before the season, September nineteenth. So. Yeah. Think his so, birthday. yeah, like it's not as if he's that much older or that's he's not that he's not that he's that much younger than say how old Provorov was when he joined the NHL like he's a couple months younger it's not as if we're talking about a guy who was born in you know August and is at the very tail end of his draft year like he's old for his year. so like just like Austin Matthews was Austin Matthews was old for his draft year so those guys maybe he was pretty good there he, was a bit. Bit, he wasn't bad. <laughs> not bad. bad <laughs> so those guys I think do get a little bit more of a a little bit more of a kick in terms of, okay, you might be more ready than a younger guy in your draft year. I just can't
2: wait to see him play. I really am looking forward oh, to seeing him in wait. the preseason. I just want to see what he looks like with some NHL-caliber players alongside of him. Just how he interacts with them. Just the... Uh, I want this youth movement now. Yes, I've been waiting and waiting on these prospects. Steph and I were at the three on three tournament on Tuesday. I just want to see some of these guys, Oscar Lindblom and Travis Sanheim. Like I need to see them here. Nolan and it's like Nolan Patrick was a guy who was supposed to go first overall. He was the star of this draft until he had an injury in his draft year. Like I just need to see him here now. It's time.
3: Yeah, enough already! With I'm the real.
0: I'm really excited to see how Patrick looks healthy. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm just so pumped because all last year he was hurt. He was hurt and dominated. and he still was good. <laughs> yeah. Imagine how he can be a year, like two years older than what he was when he dominated in the WHL for Brandon, and they got to the Memorial Cup. He's two years older, and he's 100. percent. Like that could be scary.
1: I'm going to see him. I love him so much. I just want to see I'm him. I'm going to draw him pictures and wait for him to curse <laughs> me out outside of practice. I can't Every wait. Every day. <laughs> Every single day. We're
2: coming for you, Nolan. Uh I can't <laughs> wait to see him and Proverov interact. I think that'll be fun.
1: Yeah.
2: Just former teammates. I think that's just a great story. That's just one of those stories I look forward to seeing unfold. Like Proverov, he's already got a year in the league. They were, you know, they went to the Memor- memorial cup together. I think that could be something that's interesting to watch.
3: Former coach, Claude Giroux. This preseason's going
2: to be great. Yeah, former coach, Claude Giroux. All right, the Flyers also uh, basically, like we said, completed their offseason. Got their RFA business complete. Uh, Lawton, Lear, Stolarz, Lyon, and Bardreau all signed. Good stuff, right? Sure. Yeah,
0: they, they had to do it. <laughs> I, I, so I guess yeah. we'll, we'll kick it off with Lawton. Lawton yeah, we'll kind of yeah, go yeah, through yeah. these one by one. Sure.
2: Yeah. Scott Lawton, Lost Boy. That's I saw so many people. I saw so many people like react to the Lawton resigning on Twitter, like Why? they had an opinion on it, like ah, that's meh, whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's just a guy that he was a restricted free agent, and they gave him his next contract. Like that's what you do. They didn't protect him to let him walk. Like, <laughs> like having an opinion about it is silly. Ah, he might be the fourth line center. He might be in the press box. Well, whatever. We'll see. Like that's how I feel about Scott Lawton.
0: Yeah, I guess it's kind of interesting he got two years. That that was because like Lear only got the one. So that was somewhat eyebrow-raising that they didn't give him a one-year deal. But in, at the same time, like whatever. He clearly didn't earn a lot of money. It was going to be a cheap deal. They gave him two years. And now you would assume he makes this team because yeah. I think we talked about this last week. He's not waiver-exempt anymore. So if they were to send him down, he'd have to clear waivers. And they use a protection slot on him. So why would you use a protection slot on a guy and then four months later allow every team in the lead to claim him? That doesn't make sense.
1: Seems to me. dumb.
0: So I would assume he's locked in as one of the fourteen forwards. Now whether he starts in the press box or on the ice, yes, that's up to him. But I assume he's on the team.
3: Yeah.
1: Now I don't remember. I don't remember when this signing happened. What day of the week it was, but they definitely build him as. A center. Yeah,
0: you're right. Yeah, In the press it's, release, it's says yeah, center. Yeah, it said
1: center Scott Lawton. So, there is a 4C spot available because Belmar is no longer with the team. Maybe that's Scott Lawton. And that would not be a bad move for the team.
0: No, it wouldn't be, especially because they... You could say they lost. I wouldn't say it was a huge loss, but they, they no longer have Belmar and Vandevelde on the team. <laughs> say what There's you room. Say they what won. say what you will, but like that's two penalty killers that are gone. And Scott Lawton spent the entire year in the AHL working on the penalty kill. So he might be the guy they slide in because they've watched him play on the penalty kill. Because you know, he's the he next Mike play. Richards. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> or no John Madden or whoever whatever <laughs> defensive forward you wanna you wanna pick. But like uh. maybe that was that will give him an edge over a guy like you know, like a where I would assume if he makes oh, a team and plays to like
1: he <laughs> always forget about Mike Becky. Heart
0: noise. But like if he makes a team, you would assume he's going to play penalty kill too. But they've never really seen him play penalty kill. Where they have seen Scott Lawton play penalty kill for a team in their organization, so maybe that gives him a boost over him. But the problem with Lawton and the kind of the the situation he's in is that. They just have so many forwards. Like they have, yeah. they have Pula, Who if Patrick makes the team, he's a center. Maybe he goes to wing. Maybe he goes to four C. You have Laterra, who's a center. Who? Maybe he. he go, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> 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 he may he could go to wing. He could play center. You have a lot of guys who could play that four C spot that aren't named Scott Lawton. So, well, I think he makes the team. I don't think it's a guarantee by any means that he's the starting four C. It'd be neat to see. I wouldn't have a problem with it. But there's there's other guys he's got to beat out.
2: That's the other thing I'm looking forward to in camp is that there is while the top of the roster is pretty much set there are actual camp competitions it's not just like oh well we probably have guys who are more skilled than uh, than Belmore and Vandevelde, but they're just gonna get those spots because this is how the coach this is how the coach coaches like there is a there there's a good Group of this roster that is all going to be fighting for ice time, and like you said, Lawton could very well end up in the press box. The best players are going to play. Hopefully, hopefully that's the the we guys hope. the guys who uh, you know Jordan Wheel didn't make the team out of camp last year, and that was absolute nonsense. But hopefully, the best twelve play every night, and the best fourteen stay in the in the NHL.
3: I also hope that this happens. Thank you. Okay, Taylor Lear, Riley
2: Cote's uh, kind of. Uh, I don't know Dark Horse because we've seen Taylor Lear play in the NHL a bit, but he said of the guys who weren't top end prospects, he liked Lear's uh Lear's potential to end up in the NHL one day, to be a full time NHL player. He signed for one year. He's in that he's in that group. I, I think he's an underdog, to say the least, to win one of those roster spots, but he's definitely in the group.
0: Yeah, he'll be given a shot, absolutely. He's another guy like Lawton who's waiver-exempt, or no longer is waiver-exempt, so he would have to clear waivers. But unlike Lawton, I think it's kind of highly unlikely that Lear would get claimed. Mm-hmm. He was left unprotected in the expansion draft. Didn't seem like there was any real interest on the part of Vegas there. Like, not to say he couldn't be good, but he just hasn't shown it yet. He doesn't seem like a guy that you take a stab on, in, on waivers when you have to keep that guy up in the NHL. But just to go back to Lear's situation... You know, we we've talked about a lot about how like Vecchioni was hurt because they got Patrick, and then you know Vecchioni came here assuming he would have a spot. Now he maybe doesn't. To me, Lear got hurt even more by the fact that number one they signed Vecchioni, number two they got Patrick, number three they they rediscovered and retained Jordan Wheel. Like you assume that none of those. Let's say they don't signed Beckyoni somebody else convinces him he's got they got a better situation they don't jump up to number 2 and wheel goes elsewhere like Lear's probably on this team next year yeah no if we're doing this
2: show right now this topic in december like it, 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 yeah Lear is one of those guys yeah, Lear's a guy I've slotted into that spot and now he he kind of doesn't have that spot
3: but i mean that's good for us oh like, yeah sorry oh it's sorry, great sorry taylor but i mean like Sorry that we got three players that might be better than you, and yeah. now you don't have a spot on this team anymore. Like I find it hard to be worked up about it.
1: I really like Taylor. Yeah. I know Lier, you, do. and I think that he is more skilled than some of these other peons that we I'd have. probably take <laughs> him over Vecchioni, but only
3: because I hate—I have an irrational hatred towards Mike Well Vicchione. One of, of
1: my—you're
2: racist against Italians—is the problem. <laughs> That's what it is. One of <laughs> my
1: one of my—I reasons... really like pizza for (laughs) disliking Vecchioni is because of Taylor Lear. Yeah. We didn't need to bring in Vecchioni. Not not even a little bit. Yeah.
3: We had Taylor Lear. He's just
0: set him up. You have him.
3: But then, that said, like Charlie said a million times, if Taylor Lear's better than Vecchioni, then Taylor Lear's going to get a spot on the team.
0: I hope so. Just be better. I, I hope that they will actually look at it like that. Like, that no. That's always the thing in the back of your head, yeah. where you say, yeah, Lear has to beat him out, but like... Van Veldie played Van 81. Devel- right. Yeah. yeah, right. So 81. sometimes guys have that edge, not because of all nice play, but because of other factors. And that's always the lingering concern in the back of your head. that you know If Taylor Lear shows up at camp and kills it, but... Mike Vecchioni's there, and there was some handshake agreement or whatever, and then Vecchioni makes a team. Like, we're all looking at ourselves like Taylor Lear scored six goals in preseason and looked great in every game, and then you're keeping Mike Vecchioni because why? So that, that's always the concern. And I mean, it we'll could happen. How, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Hopefully, it doesn't play out like that.
2: All right. We have uh, we have Stolars the Goalars and Alex Lyon. Uh, Steph alluded to it in her hot take to begin the show. They each signed one year deals. It's basically a battle to see who's going to stay in the organization. Uh, They're stocked with goalies. They already uh, let one go earlier this offseason in the Cousins trade. Merrick Madsen went to to Arizona with them. So there's only so many places for goalies. You only have so many roster spots. And they have two guys who they think have franchise goaltender potential in Hart and Sandstrom.
3: Yeah, I've moved on emotionally from Anthony Stolarz. I know people are attached to him because he was a draft pick and he's been groomed here and for a while he was the best goaltending prospect in the system. But and that's he
2: slashed a guy in the head. Just not the case he anymore. He has it was Hossang, not wasn't it? <laughs> been it was
3: remarkable, really. No, he has in any way. He's been a solid guy, good in the AHL, played well when he came up, never really been remarkable, in my opinion. So it's like, all right, well, I gave it a shot, buddy.
0: I look at him as, I think he's an NHL backup. Yeah. And, yeah. and the Flyers are in a weird position right now because he's an NHL backup in an organization that seems terrified to actually have a number one goalie. Yeah. Yeah, So because of that, he's just kind of stuck. Like, I think Hexel even said earlier this offseason that if we had a true number one, we would have been okay with Stollars playing 25 games this year in the NHL. But once we signed Neuvert, then we didn't want him playing 45. And of course, that that begs the question, why did you sign Neuvert? I was just going to
3: say, I just got, I don't know why just now that statement made me really, really (laughs) really angry. Like, as though you're not the one in charge. Yeah. Like, if you wanted a number one goaltender, if you could have gotten
2: one. If these things just didn't happen, I know. Like, like we this signed
3: co- this guy by accident. Now I don't have a number one. Like, like, like he, oh. he he oh,
2: he flipped open the Philly Inquirer and was like,
3: no. "Stars
2: is coming back." What? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, what, you go on vacation? Yeah. And this shit just happened, right? Yeah. And, I, like, and the thing about that is, Neuvert hasn't topped. Twenty nine games for the Flyers. So like, oh yeah, the, Is like, it really that few? I think it's twenty nine and twenty four. He's played the last two years you, or something even like that. The really
3: good year?
0: Was it that few games?
2: Yeah, he, got he played more twice than that. that year.
3: That's the guy you give a raise to, folks. Hold,
1: hold on, I'm, I'm. We'll Steph's gonna up. fact check us.
0: Maybe I, I just, I, <laughs> so, I felt like he played more than that the first year.
1: I think he played twenty nine games. Give me a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, thirty two and twenty eight. Wow, you were close, buddy. I think
2: I, re- I think I had starts. I think I just counted oh, starts. Okay, yeah, I, I just I had, I got really games thought played. it was more. That's
3: crazy yeah so like it's yeah, so not... why did we hitch our wagon to this like why that was is that an the guy? excellent
1: question because he's technically I perfect i would love <laughs> to know this as well yeah, because he was starts... gonna be taken by vegas in the expansion draft
2: 29 starts in 15 16 24 and 16 17
0: i mean last last yeah. year he was hurt and he was bad yeah i'm just surprised he didn't play more the previous year when he was hurt but good
2: yeah, he, that's, but that's always been his problem. That's why they yeah. got him for nothing when they signed him two years ago. Yeah. Is because, yeah, he is good, but he's always hurt. And that's played out his two years here. Listen, I was all for the resigning because I thought he's a great candidate for a bounce back this coming season. There's no way he's as bad as he was I agree in with 16 that. 17. They were moving on from Mason. It just wasn't an organizational fit. They just did, they had philosophical differences. Just wasn't going to work out. And I was convinced that Neuvert was going to Vegas, so it wasn't going to matter. <laughs> now that
1: he's back, and now I would actually like to hear how, what you think about things now. Now that he's back, we've been back, avoiding it.
2: For I d- weeks. yeah, no. I with <laughs> Brian Elliott, I hope that Brian Elliott can play fifty games, and I don't think he can. Okay, that's be- Neuvert hasn't started 30 games for the Flyers, and he's getting older. Nobody plays but goalies or voodoo Neuvert could win the goddamn Vezina this year and I wouldn't be surprised because goaltending is nonsense Elliot it's fake
1: played, he played 49 <laughs> last year which is not 50
0: yeah it's close though
1: I it's mean
3: Stolarz could end up as the de facto backup yeah. here anyway Yeah, <laughs> that, that was something cold. I was thinking I like, this might in, work
0: out that way where Stolarz gets his NHL shot because Neuvert gets hurt all I the time I am
2: penciling in 15 starts in my head uh, like if I were to say what the workload is going to be this year I bet you Stolarz starts 15 15 games, because you got two guys who've never been able to, as Steph said, take the reins. Just be the guy. And this is a perfect situation for a young guy to step up. What are we like? What's going on? We we have a new sign sign behind us. Uh, Oh, what's the sign?
1: You You know know what what rhymes with orange Penguins suck.
3: I
0: think
2: Facebook
1: could actually see that sign. <laughs> Probably.
2: Yeah, they the they, angle they is they can there. They yeah. see it, but see it.
0: it's a little far away.
2: Yeah. Can... So
3: apropos of nothing, I've decided that we're going to make something a thing. Oh. Um, so oh. I used to play in an uh, EASHL hockey league on NHL okay. 16, I think it was okay. at
2: the time. I always see people tweet like hashtag EASHL, and I'm like, what junior league is this that I don't <laughs> know about? And then it's so. like, oh yeah, I just traded Braden Shen. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's... The, it's, it's a fake league. The
3: group of nerds that I played with in this league, for some reason that I never actually got an answer to, used to call Brian Elliott Badass Motherfucker Brian Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was his full name every time he was referenced, and I don't know why, but I've decided that that's happening. All right. Like Badass Motherfucker Brian Elliott. I'm cool with that. I have yeah.
2: a BMF wallet, so well, I'm there down there you go. It. It's yeah.
3: perfect branding.
2: And finally, the last guy signed to an RFA deal, Cole Bourdreau, who another who? guy... Cote, is that how you say his name? or Bargerow. Bargerow. Bargerow, what did Bargerow. I say? Bargerow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Bargeroo. Bargeroo? Bargerow? You, you were there.
3: It's <laughs> you, all right. You were in the you ballpark.
2: Yeah. CB. French people. Uh, yeah, who knows how these French people say this nonsense? They, E-A-U? Like, who puts three vowels together? That's not a noise. Uh, <laughs> the French. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You are all right. In any, anyway, in any
0: case, with Bardot, Cole, he yeah. was a guy
2: who Cote was kind of high on. Probably doesn't have Cole. Uh, Cole, that's, I'm just going to call him Cole. That's uh, fine. He to me is exactly the kind of guy you use on your fourth line, unless you have like you know the Brian Boyle type of staple. They're not great, but they can give you 12 good minutes a night. Kind of fourth line, you use them up and spin him out, and then you get a whole new Cole, Cole Boudreau in three years. I like. I see like a Harry Z kind of comparison just a good energy guy probably doesn't play every night but for 45 games a year you throw him in there when you're sitting someone else 30 games a year or something like that and he gives you a, a good couple of minutes
3: so what you're saying is in 3-4 to four years we're going to see Cole Bardrow playing for the Stanley Cup with another team <laughs> wherever I, I Dave Haxtall ends up in 3 I years I still y'all. can't believe that Zonerchuk was <laughs> getting regular shifts in the Stanley Cup Oh, they were out
0: of forwards
3: I guess <laughs> Yeah. It's still so funny.
0: It is funny. <laughs> yeah, he just Barger just strikes me as the kind of guy like you said, like you're Your energy fourth liner. He strikes me as the kind of guy that the Flyers love used to (laughs) use on the fourth line, and maybe we'll go back to. But this year can't because they just have too many forwards. And my hope is that they will always have too many forwards because they build up such a a forward pipeline that hopefully there will never be a need to put a Cole Burdett on the fourth line. And I'm not saying I hate the guy, but if it's a choice between putting him on the fourth line and putting, I don't know and. An Albe Kubel or a Lear. Like I'd, like I'd Lear. rather have those guys oh, on the fourth definitely. line that have shown they can score at the. Well, Albe Kubel has them, but at least he scored in juniors. Maybe he'll break out later on. I'd rather have those types of guys on the fourth line, like skilled guys, that, yeah, they're maybe not your prototypical fourth liners, but I don't want prototypical fourth liners. I, I want a fourth line that acts like a third line. Yeah, it's like
3: totally dead. Yeah,
0: I want a fourth line that acts like a third line.
3: Yeah.
2: I do as well. I just know that. Once you have a certain amount of guys signed, as the Flyers will at some point, there's only so much money to go around. If Bardrow is a guy who can play, then if he's your 13th forward and playing in a third of the games, I'm cool with that. If he's just, you're sitting somebody, someone's hurt, you throw him in there, I'm fine with it. No, I don't want him in the lineup 82 times. That's, That's nonsense. But
1: I mean, the as phantoms guy, still need to play hockey. Yeah. yeah, So, like, this could be just a signing for the phantoms, and that's oh, fine for
2: right now. It's definitely just yeah. a signing for the and that's phantoms. Fine. Yeah, I just down the line. I'm not even talking about Bardrow specifically. I just, that that type of that player. type of player. If he's your thirteenth, fourteenth forward, I don't have a problem with it. That's what I'm getting. Okay, Charlie. Hello. Hi, Bill. You referenced, uh, well, you made reference to on Twitter a few days ago, sometime last week, that you had a player evaluation piece that you were working on, oh, yeah. that you were almost
0: afraid to publish. Not afraid, but you didn't want to because of the Twitter backlash would be so polarizing. You know, it wasn't even the Twitter backlash; it was the fact that I've been sitting on this the season review because. I still, and I think I, I tried to get this across in the article. You did, yeah. I still don't really know how to evaluate this guy's season because he's been, the, the, the guy in question is Jake Voracek. Number 93 in your he's program. He's been very good for a long time. And this year, out of nowhere, all the things that he's historically been really good at, he just out of nowhere was bad at. Because and, and I just, I don't know how to reconcile that with what I know of his skill set and what the hell happened this year.
2: In 2015-16, he had a bad scoring year, but you could see it. He just wasn't any good on the power play, couldn't score in the power play, but he was still like... He looked like Jake Voracek, and then was he, just like, why isn't he scoring? And then he broke his foot. Yeah. So the last month of the year, he was playing on one leg. Yeah.
0: So that was an easy way to
2: explain and why he, he didn't in, score at the end of the he year. He came into sixteen, seventeen, started out really well. I think he had ten points in his first ten games. Looked like a good. Looked like he was back to who he was supposed to be. And then all of everything just kind of fell off for him. He continued not to be able to produce on the power play, uh, relative to you know the rest of his power play line mates who are borderline, like, elite power play producers. Yeah, and, and,
0: and I would argue with you on that. I think, I think Borchek's better on the power play than you give him credit for. It, but keep going. I think he's been better in the past. Like, I, agree, I agree he's been better in the past, but I still don't think he's bad.
2: No, I just, relative to the rest of the other four guys, and some of that is only three guys get a point on the power play, even if all five guys touch the puck, and you have, you know, two guys who lead the league in goals and Giroud touches the puck on every play and Gostas Barrett just shoots. So it's not everyone's gonna collect a point.
1: Don't say that like spare is a goodis.
2: No, I mean spare just puts. He, that's his job. Yeah, he's I got want a great him, shot. He's the only guy who can shoot on the power play.
1: Right, he shoots and he scores <laughs> yes, a lot of he's the the, time. He's the that's only guy who can goodis. actually
2: beat a goalie <laughs> with his shot. I want him shooting, but I'm like, there's only so many power play points to go around, even on the top unit. But he hasn't been as good as he was, say, two, three years ago on the power play. But yeah, this year, what the hell happened, Charlie?
1: Dave Haxtell. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, that, that
0: Spoiler <laughs> alert, that was one of my theories.
2: That so was option that's two.
1: So to, sorry, sorry. Uh,
0: to, to break down kind of what I was getting at, my main concern here was five on five. So he went from being consistently like a first-line caliber scorer, a guy who was averaging about two points per 60 uh, at five on five, to going to about, around 1.3, which is about third-line level, which is not very good, especially for a guy making that much money. But most concerning was the fact that Jake Voracek, three, four years ago, was not just a good play driver, he was one of the best in the league. Like, he was at, like, Patrice Bergeron levels in terms of, you know, in terms of driving play relative to his teammates. He was amazing. This year, not only was he not that good, he was actually a drag on his teammates. So, his team, like, the team was better from a Corsi standpoint without him on the ice. His teammates did better without him rather than with him. And if you even adjust the, uh, the quality of the shots and with the expected goals metrics... He was still worse relative to his teammates, and that's amazing to me because you're talking about a guy who like three years ago was like eight percentage points better than his teammates at driving play, and this year it just kind of, I don't know, because I I don't know. And and that's what I said on a couple occasions in the article because it's almost easier to write a season review of Claude Giroux. Because with Claude Giroux, it's just, okay, you watch him play, he looks slower, The the what will decide whether Claude Giroux is a really bad contract or bounces back is whether he was playing hurt or whether he's aging. And you're either on one side or you're the on the other. You're on the, he's going to get healthy and he'll be back, or at least better, or he's just getting old and this is just the beginning of everything going down. With Voracek, he still looks like Jake Voracek. It's just the results aren't there, and it just, I don't know, I don't... No, so I came up with three theories. My first theory was just it was a Murphy's Law season where kind of everything went wrong. His puck luck was really bad. Goalies couldn't stop the puck when he when he when he was on the ice he which has been a problem I yeah mean, like, like, like
1: he, it, what it, I, I don't i think there's a lot of validity there because it that's was. the one in my
0: yeah like in the offensive zone his offensive zone score was like eight percentage points lower than what league average in terms of generating shots when you get it into the zone that tends to not be repeatable so maybe that was just bad luck and then he spent more time in the defensive zone which exposed some of his weaknesses there that falls under the murphy's law theory Theory number two is just blame Dave Hacksall. this I is lie. all this is all Dave Hacksall's fault because he changed the Flyers system, and ever since he showed up, Voracek's numbers have taken a dive.
3: Hmm. Then he, the f- he's bad.
0: Then the third is that oh,
3: the the, we should, the can aging we spend curve more is hit. Well, I think we're going to we're go gonna through circle each back. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. I have thoughts.
0: <laughs> but then the third is that he's getting old, and the Flyers are screwed because yeah. they're paying an rapidly aging player eight point two five million dollars a year for the next seven years.
2: See, the Murphy's Law se- uh, season to me was fifteen sixteen when everything else seemed to be more on par with who he is and the puck just wasn't going in like he he would score a goal in the power play like do his cut in over the over the right dot and take a wrist shot and it would go in and you go yeah that's the first time in like <laughs> a year that that's actually worked for me and it was like that was a play for him that even if he didn't score it would create a rebound simmons would bang it home like he created more he created more and it just wasn't happening last year i just One of the things you talked about was he still generates a ton of zone entries, which is hugely important, and he's one of the guys who just plays terrific point, used to play terrific point guard on this team. I want him carrying it over the blue line. I want him with his head up and make a play. Last year, he'd get it over the blue line. And then just make the worst decision possible with the puck. I just saw so many pucks hit shin pads. So, like, not even turnovers, just like bad decisions leading to not shots. I am not arguing. Whatever, for that. yeah. And that's the that's what made him so frustrating to watch for me was he would do everything right, and then when it came to okay, now let's set up a play to create a goal, the puck would just end up going the other way.
3: So I feel like fifteen sixteen may have been a Murphy's loss season for Voracek specifically. But I feel like, just for me, like I find it hard to worry about anything bad that happened last season just because everything was so bad. Yep. If he starts out this season still looking like crap, maybe I'm going to worry a little bit. But right now... I- yeah, he sucked last season. So did literally every other player on the yeah. team. That's, it was okay. just a crappy season. I that, wanted yeah, to get to this later. I've been later.
1: that for yeah. ever. I, I feel like it's just like a lost exactly season. I, said.
2: I wanted to get to this later, but since you brought that point up, I just okay. have a simple question. Yep. No one was very good last year. Nope. Who no. Was the- <laughs> no. like There was no one who like nope. absolutely stood out. Who was the Flyers' best player
0: last year? Brain Wayne Shed. Simmons. I voted for Simmons when we did the vote, but like, there's – Wayne Simmons, you know, maybe you can make the case for Proveroff if you want to. Uh, nah. Proveroff, Proveroff yeah. is up there for me. Uh, I have Braden Simmons Shen. and Shen. Those are the only yeah. guys
2: who stand Shen out. Was
0: so bad at five on five. Like, yeah, he scored but a lot. He of scored the power, a lot of goals, but like, he was an out and out liability at five on five. At least Simmons was a little bit better at five yeah. on five and scored about as much as Shen did.
2: I I I don't have a problem. Like I said, it's you're picking between a group of players who,
1: like, tr- just tr- at best, trash heap.
2: At best, yeah. just reach their career averages. Like Simmons did what he's supposed to do. Shen, while he was not good at five on five, at least reached the numbers he was supposed to reach. Yeah. He got 25 goals. That's yeah. what I want out of Brayden Shen is 25 goals. Like, Claude Giroux with 55 points or whatever the hell he had, that's awful considering what he gets ma- paid. Well, it's so it's just awful
0: considering what he's done yeah, in the
2: past. Yeah, Jake Voracek, 61 th- points, led the team. But, uh, dude, come on. We need you,
1: like, at 75. It's if, if just the to, way if it I is. If I were to re-answer, you know, having talked it through, <laughs> <laughs> and my answer would be Provorov. I mean, Provorov in his rookie year first pairing defenseman dragging around the corpse of Andrew McDonald <laughs> he's hands down he I, I
2: think probably, that's totally fair he was probably the most impressive player last year yeah while yeah. the production like it started to come around like you we all no one expected him to put up ghost like numbers but it, it, he was the most impressive I would say but program. all of
3: those things that you said kind of lead to Charlie's second maybe <laughs> it was mm-hmm. this is that everyone's shitty? Maybe it's because the coach is also sure. Sure, feels right. Very, very when, bad.
2: When you see not just guys who are aging, like Claude Giroux, have bads. Okay, Giroux, he's had injuries and he's getting older and he's undersized to begin with to play center. Maybe he's just declining. When you see Shane Bear, who was the most electric freaking player in the league in his rookie year, too, true, he too had an injury, but like when he would open it up, it was still there, especially in the second half of the season. When you see he was just trash at some points, like maybe it's the coach.
1: Oh, you mean when you see him in the press box? Uh,
2: there mm. were times where he just mm. wasn't playing well. I think it's overblown that he wasn't playing well at certain points, uh, but there were times yeah. where he wasn't good.
1: Sure, but he so, was still better than Andrew McDonald, Brandon Manning, sure. Michael Delzato, yeah. Nick Schultz.
0: But those guys are just guys. You're you're investing but in again, the But again, this the development. this goes back to the coach. Is yeah. like, is it actually helping Shane Gosses development to have his confidence torched by playing by sitting in the press box? Like that's where you get back yeah. to the coach and whether he's making the right decisions. And Voracek, to me almost like in, in a weird sort of roundabout way, like his struggles under Hacksaw almost make me feel a little bit more optimistic about Drew. Because to Mm -hmm. me, it just seems like the Flyers would have to have really, really freaking bad luck if they sign these two guys who were elite players to massive deals and they both fall off the aging cliff curve. Like at at the the same same time, time. like that just Mm -hmm. strikes me as yes, it's plausible, but shit, that would be unlucky. Like maybe there's something else going on. That's
2: Ryan Howard tearing his Achilles to kick in his contract. (laughs) Like Ryan Howard tore his his Achilles, and that's the moment his contract (laughs) kicked in. Like that would be that kind of bad luck for the Flyers.
3: Yeah, yeah, I just feel like the. And I know we're a lot of times hesitant to kind of try to identify a coaching system, you know, just by certain things. But it seemed like last season they were told to take a lot of shots from the perimeter, and I don't think it was a good way to utilize that team's skill set.
0: I don't think it was a good way to utilize Jake Voracek's skill set, absolutely. No. No. no.
1: Or or anyone, yeah. Yeah,
3: and I, I think unless there's an adjustment there, I'm not sure what kind of improvement we're going to see, but I think that there's a lot of what-ifs with this team. Like it's, oh, so many. It's well, It's super think- easy to be pumped because the talent level has obviously mm. been raised um, mm. by subtraction and also obviously by some addition, but then you still need a coach to put in place a system that utilizes the talents that we have to the best of their ability, and we didn't have it last year, so here's hoping that there's some adjustments made this year, but I'm I'm not super confident about it.
1: It, and maybe, maybe, maybe the same system two years in a row would be helpful. Yeah. Could, maybe. It,
2: Consistent cool. lines. I maybe. do think, I do believe, and I've stated this before, that Haxtell became more conservative. Because of the goalies? Once once he well, realized he couldn't buy a save from either goalie. It's possible. I maybe. mean, except for that 10-game stretch uh, from Mason during the winning streak, it was like every time we gave up a two-on-one, the puck went into the net. And when that happens the coach is just going to say we can't give up more any more two-on-ones because we're losing because of it and
1: oh there was a quote there was a quote about that from hextall and I don't know what it is off the top of my head but at the end of the season it was they needed to play more conservative because yeah. they gave up too many two-on-one chances it just
2: that's what happened and again if if Elliot has a 920 save percentage a month no, no, and a half no, into the season name. Brian Elliott bad-ass no, 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 bad-ass motherfucker bad-ass Brian Elliot yeah. if he has a month into the season a 920 to save percentage and the Flyers are still only playing, you know, that low to high system. They're being conservative in their own end. Then I have more reason to worry about the coach. I'm more optimistic about the coach than most, but I will say, if I don't see vast improvement this year, I will say get him out of here now
0: because we have all these guys we need to develop, and he's
1: and he's hurt not them. the yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and the the comment I made in my article, and like you, you guys know me. You know I'm not one to make rash statements about fire the coach and trade this guy and trade away this guy. But there was a comment in the article where I basically said like there needs, if, if Drew and Voracek continue to be poor next year, you need to take an honest evaluation of this because to be quite frank, it's a lot easier to fire a coach than it is to trade away two guys with $8 million a year cap. So like if he can't get the most out of these guys, you have to really take a hard look and say, okay, are they really declining, or is this a Mike Johnson, Sidney Crosby situation where they're actually still good, the coach just cannot extract value out of them, and we need to make a change? Uh,
2: yeah, that that is a real situation that's going to need to be monitored pretty much all this season. That's what this season is about to me. The, the young guys coming along absolutely need to develop them, but... We need to figure out what the guys at the top of this roster are, because there's going to be there's going to need to be tough decisions made
0: real yeah. soon.
1: Um, I have no idea. Okay, I um, thought you had the thing open. About about
2: I counter? think we have
0: like five minutes left. Oh wow. I think we're pretty close, yeah.
1: We're, oh. we're pretty. the Facebook stream has been going for fifty-eight minutes, so yeah.
0: so we have like we three, started three Facebook a little, before,
2: a little early like a year. couple yeah. minutes. So we have like five so minutes five. or so. Right. Yeah. So let's just get into some stuff here. <laughs> we
1: just wasted a minute talking about time. <laughs> well I need to like I no, don't
2: know. No, there's fine. no counter in front of me anymore. Well, you, okay. I didn't let, note the time when we started. Fair. Oh, okay. No. Anyway, let's right. let's close fine. out with uh, with the three on three because the three on three. Yeah. I want to hear about The three on three was a lot of fun. The guys I really wanted to see first of all was Oscar Oscar Lim. Blom, uh, that's not the place to display Oscar Lindblom, he didn't really stand out, but a three-on-three half-sheet tournament isn't what he's going to look great in. Sanheim and Phil Myers Ooh. are so good.
3: Oh, God. <laughs> I want Phil Myers on this my team. Bring they me Phil
2: Myers. Because, like I said, I, I think I had this in the Slack when I was just talking about guys who stood out to me, and this sort of, it's three-on-three half-sheet. And it's all different levels of where guys are in their in their uh, development. I just want to see who's possessing the puck, who's making the decisions, who are hard to defend. And Sanheim had like five or six goals in this thing. He had the puck the entire time, <laughs> and he was impossible to defend. It was so much fun. And Steph likes something else about him a lot. Uh,
1: he's a teacher's pet. Oh my like, god, he is <laughs> hands down the teacher's pet out of the entire prospect or the the, the entire group. So. If there was a stray puck on the ice, Travis Sanheim's going out to get it.
2: He's dropping the puck for faceoffs to start the games.
1: If it was it was half ice, so if the the middle boards moved, Travis Sanheim is going out. <laughs> he's to hopping it over up. the boards
2: to to shift. He's hopping over to shift the boards. If, if you
1: need somebody to move the goal, Travis Sanheim is going to go move the he goal. He was what a sweet great. boy. He it was and it was like instantaneous. Like he was the guy. No, he's he very much. He it.
2: looked like the. Uh, to me, like playing sports growing up, there was always the like one J V guy who did all the shit that the coach wanted, like, That's what you need right there and like make the team and yeah. be like he sucks. But like Sandheim doesn't suck. He was no. by far the best player in the ice at this thing.
1: Oh oh, hands down. And I think that this was he may be just that guy like he's good canadian boy like he may just be that guy but he also may be showing the coaching staff like i'm a leader and i'm willing to go yeah, the yeah, extra mile he say like by the way i'm here to make I'm the team, making yeah. the team yeah. this year yeah. yeah i'm like i'm pretty sure that travis stanheim was the one turning out the lights like, when they <laughs> <left>. like, <laughs> I, I think he might have the cut door. the <laughs> ice like, like he was doing everything coaching staff i love was just, that like Phil- no, no one else was paying attention it was all teachers. on Myers, Zandheim, and I love it. Phil
2: Myers was on Team Black, which uh, I dubbed the monsters because <laughs> these were <laughs> all it huge. It was it was it was Myers. It was Ratcliffe. Oh, it was man. Strom, and there was like one other monster on this team. But Phil Myers is a freak. He is. Yeah, he is. He, I didn't realize like yeah. oh yeah he's six five, but like he looks gigantic you out know. there. He's, he's a big dude. Yeah. He's a big dude. The uh, the Dylan Strom thing. He is so up and down with this. Like he needs to get low. I, and generate power. I hadn't
1: yeah. seen him skate. Like, I had heard, yeah. but I hadn't seen him skate until the three-on-three. Three and holy Real bad. crap, <laughs> it oh is boy. bad. At like, Mike
2: Nuns Media says, I heart B-S-H.
1: It, it was... The skating was really, really bad. Like, I don't know how... He got to this level with that skating. I just don't
0: understand like he came from a family of really good <laughs> prospects. How did no one hire this guy as skating I, coach?
2: I, that's uh, he just must have had such natural skill they yeah. thought it would it would to me, and like Braden Shen was a much more complete player and didn't have a problem with his stride like this. But I was saying even until last year, Shen needs to get lower and use his big ass to generate power <laughs> and use his body. Because Strom has the body to be a very powerful skater. That's the thing is I could probably fix this guy's skating, I feel like. I need him to get lower. I need him to bend his legs. I need to get his ass down. And I need him pumping powerful strides. That one was for Kelly. Pumping powerful <laughs> so, <laughs> I
3: I God. I really. I, I just really need wanted him to say using
2: so. that core and like I see. But like I see it, and I see how you could fix it.
1: So my other thoughts, Myers. Holy hell, he is fast.
3: Yeah. Like th- those I'm those making, my, I'm gonna make a, a Bill Matts proclamation that Phil Myers is making the team.
1: Uh, oh boy. you it here first. Okay. It's um, So also. R- Rubstoff. stuff, R- stuff. I, his, his his Ruby. So the Ruby, the germ. Ruby, um, looked really good. So they did during the 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 gold medal round. They did a two on two overtime. It went into double overtime. Oh, that's cool. He stripped Myers and held onto the puck for a while. Yeah, he
2: could be that nice two way forward. Like I he, don't. He, he, he looks not... strong,
1: and and we know we already know how strong on the puck Myers is. Yeah, and that he's a big boy.
2: Rubsov was probably one of the three best players on the ice. I would say it was Sanheim, Myers, and Rubsov to me were the Um, three best. The
1: other player that really stood out to me was Cates. Noah, yeah. yeah. I like That's
2: Charlie's boy. Noah
1: Cates, who I didn't know who he was until I asked Bill (laughs) Mm. (laughs) as we were sitting there. And then I I looked him up, and he was the guy who came from high school, Yeah, which is interesting. Um, I wouldn't have expected someone who was playing against high school level competition to look so good against these, these yeah, other like, g- almost grown men. Yeah. And he did. He looked really good. Yeah, yeah, his
0: his toolbox is apparently really, really good. Like, he's got a lot of raw skill. And I think it was on Sunday I was watching him in the drills and his shot moves yeah like he's got a shot and he's not that old yet like it's only going I was to get gonna get
3: how old is he like 17
0: yeah he's like 17 18 oh, wow. I mean, he just he got, just, drafted, just got drafted this uh, year yeah. So. Okay. yeah but he'll have one year next year in the usHL and then he goes to Minnesota Duluth the following year so he's prep here, okay. he's gonna take some time but like he's exactly the type of player I'd love to see them take in the fifth round where the upsides there the upsides gigantic it's just that people didn't take him because he's only played high school you know high school hockey so what do you know about him but the the skill sets there and I that's awesome to hear that he looked good in uh, in the 3-on-3 and the 2-on-2.
2: Alright, that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you again to WIP for their beautiful, generous uh, studio space. Check out BroadStreetHockey.com. My name is Bill Mats. Have a great week, Philly. Are you ready to talk about
1: Are you ready, ready for some
3: hockey? Sports. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna score
1: a hockey goal? Our,
0: Our team!
1: For God's sake, stop it! Oh,
0: man. Good show, <laughs> gang.
1: Broad Street hockey ready. Got the best the Are we still live? I just ended the <laughs> <laughs> No one needed to hear that. Yeah, good times, fam. We didn't even get into Wayne Simmons, which had my blood boiling today. Well,
0: I mean, that's a thing that we can definitely put off. Yeah. Because, like, that'll that'll be just as interesting to people two weeks down the road as it is Mm -hmm. is now. Like, that's just one of those topics that gets everybody fired up because it's Wayne Simmons and he's awesome.
3: Nobody wants it to happen, but it
2: must happen. I just gotta see. That's all. I just gotta see.
3: Save for the show.
2: Like if you. he doesn't regress, why wouldn't you resign him? He's a
3: thirty goals. Because he's gonna want fucking TJ Oshie money. Go get it someplace else, buddy. That's not a ton. I that's don't It's it. not eight. He's not getting six.
0: I bet. Yeah, he doesn't get six. I think. I think he gets Milan Lucic money.
3: Too much, Too considering much. what we got. Coming.
0: Because I think Simmons is better than Lucic. Hello.